The CFP, the College Football Playoff Rankings, uh, going into the weekend. Now, obviously, the, this this gets updated tonight, so this will change because there was several teams in the top ten that lost. Uh, I don't think anything's going to change in the top four. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, uh, they all won. Alabama was off, so I don't think the top five change. Here's where I want your prognosticating skills. Mm-hmm. Oregon at six lost, so they're clearly going to move. Uh, Utah at seven won. Uh, Penn State at eight lost. Oklahoma at nine uh, didn't play. Uh, Minnesota at 10 won. Florida at 11 was off. And Wisconsin at 12 won. So the question, I, re- I don't really care about Oregon or Utah at this point. The question I care about is what do you do uh, with Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin? Who of those three should be ranked first now? Who should be second? Who should be third? I think, i.e., who's this? And by the way, if you want to include Michigan, they're at thirteen. I can't move them ahead of Wisconsin; they beat them. But if you want to include Michigan, because well, they do Michigan's playoffs. already ahead of Wisconsin in the AP top twenty-five. Right, but the only one that matters is the ranking tonight. Those rankings are just for coffee shop talk. The only ranking that matters from this point forward is the college football playoff because that's what they use to determine the college football playoff and things like the Rose Bowl. So the only ranking that matters is what happens tonight. As of last week, Penn State was 8, Minnesota 10, Wisconsin 12, Michigan 13. <clears throat> give me the give me those four in order. A lot what of do moving, you think it'll be tonight? A lot of moving parts there. Um, I'm going to think I think Wisconsin is not the top. I think Wisconsin comes in at like 11. Can I say that? Yeah. Um, I would think 5 will be Alabama, 6 will be what? Utah probably moves Utah, up because Oregon lost. Does Utah, Penn State then go? Well, I'll they say lost. 7, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll buy that. Does Minnesota now go to I think eight? Minnesota's 8th. I agree with that. What, the Gators? But, like, no, we're, here's the question. What do you do? Because this, this could determine the Rose Bowl. Who should be ranked higher right now, Penn State or Wisconsin? Both have two losses. Both lost to a common opponent in Ohio State. Uh, Penn State's second loss was to Minnesota, which Wisconsin plays this week. Penn State had a more competitive game with Ohio State. <clears throat> they lost on the road to Penn, Minnesota as a bigger favorite than Wisconsin is. Who should be ranked higher, Penn State or Wisconsin? Wisconsin should be ranked higher. Nelson, do you buy that? Should Penn, Who will be ranked higher tonight, Penn State or Wisconsin? Because that's what's going to determine I the Rose Bowl. I think Penn State will be ranked higher, but personally I think Wisconsin should be ranked higher, and here's my reasoning for why Wisconsin should be ranked a slot ahead of Penn State, it's because they can still advance. Yeah. They can go yeah. to the Big Ten Championship. They can win the Big Ten. Penn State's not going to be playing in two weeks. They they can't. But don't they always talk about, we don't do the ranking? and I agree with Nelson, that we don't do the rankings how it's projected to be down the say. road. exactly. But that's why but I said they totally I think do. Penn State will be a slot ahead of Wisconsin, though theoretically Wisconsin should be ahead of them. I think Wisconsin will be ranked. 11 and the, the Nittany Lions will be 12. But it'll probably be flipped. Now, where do you put Minnesota in there? Only one loss. Do you put does Penn does Minnesota then go back ahead of Penn State? Because the weird thing everyone was laughing about, or Minnesota fan was freaking out that even though Minnesota had beat Penn State last week, after Minnesota lost to Iowa, Penn State leapfrogged them. Does Minnesota now go back in front of Penn State? Yeah, I think Minnesota's ranked what eighth. I think I think they're eighth. So I would say, yeah, Seventh, I think the top eighth, five. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I think the top five don't change. I think Utah goes, you said it, Utah goes to six, Oklahoma seven. So then does Minnesota go eight? Yeah. yeah. I Penn think, State nine, Florida ten, Wisconsin State moves I don't up think, maybe one to 11. I don't think Penn State is in the top ten. I think they're just right outside with Wisconsin. I think nine would be Gators, eight, Minnesota, ten, maybe ten for Penn State if they put them ahead of Wisconsin. Why would you have Penn State higher than nine, eight? I, I wouldn't have had him. I mean, I, I, I'm with you, I but have I'm, in the I'm top trying 10. to understand. The, I mean, and sometimes I don't understand what these dudes are thinking, um, you know, and, and now that Penn State's lost twice, I mean, they can't go to, to whichever, which, whatever one of you guys said it is. Like, the difference between Penn State and Wisconsin is Minnesota is the winner of Wisconsin-Minnesota can advance. Like, Penn State is is done. I mean, I know they have a game, and they're going to destroy Rutgers on Saturday, but Penn State can't go any further, Right. Minnesota or Wisconsin have further advancing power than Penn State. So I don't know why, like when you're talking about the Rose Bowl or some convoluted Big Ten championship, Penn State's out of it. 
right? Michigan's out of it. Well, there's only three teams left that can win the Big Ten Conference in yep. football. Ohio State, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. So if you're doing the rankings, what difference does it make where Michigan and where Penn State are ranked because they can't win the Big Ten? Kind of like, oh, by the way, Alabama. Mm. Like, I, I, And people are saying now that Bama's, with Oregon's losing, Bama's got the driver's seat. And I'm like... How is that any different than the Big Ten? If if they can't even play for their conference title, how can they be considered for the for the college football playoffs? So on a smaller scale, for if if the Rose Bowl is ultimately Wisconsin's landing spot, and people are saying it's going to become it's going to come down to Wisconsin or Penn State. If Penn State, how should Penn State be rewarded by going to the Rose Bowl because they didn't play in the Big Ten championship game? Oh, I agree completely. So that would be like Nelson, would you agree that if Wisconsin wins this week and loses next week? It's almost better if you're Penn State because they will get to go to the Rose Bowl because Wisconsin would then have a third loss. But Penn State didn't even play in the Big Ten championship game. I feel like if you play in the Big Ten championship game, you should be playing in a Rose Bowl. 100%. Especially if the team that beats you is in the playoff. 100%. The only way you don't play in the Rose Bowl is if Ohio State had two or three losses and they beat you. But the only way I feel like I'll be angry with these these, uh, rankings tonight is if Oregon is somehow and still in front of Wisconsin. I can't buy it. I can't. I think, you know, because everyone was saying, well, what if, if their only loss was week one on a neutral field to Auburn, you can't penalize them for that. Auburn's not that great, and then they lose to Arizona State. I think Oregon fall. I think Wisconsin, I think Ebo, you're right. I think, I think Wisconsin is 10 or 11 tonight. I think Minnesota's in the top 10. I think Penn State's right around. In the, I think Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan are all like 10, 11, 12. Then the question will be, if you're the Badgers and you beat Minnesota this week, a top 10 team, where does that put you next week? And then you can start the uh, the, the craziness of what happens if you beat number one or number two ranked Ohio State. What do you think happens if Georgia loses the SEC championship game? Does Alabama slide in? That's the whole who becomes number four. Is it Alabama or is it Utah if they run the table? Is it Oklahoma if they run the table? Or is it Wisconsin if they... Win the Big Ten. All right, so if, if Georgia loses the SEC championship game, but Minnesota... Nah, I don't even want to go down this road. No, it's fine. We can do it now because we're at put, the end. Let's say Minnesota beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, but Georgia loses the SEC championship game, and Bama's sitting right out there. Who gets oh, in, Minnesota a, or Alabama? If you don't put Minnesota in... That's a bunch yeah, of but we've seen, we've seen it before of Alabama get in and they won the whole thing. Minnesota would have one loss. Yeah, I think. so did Alabama. Minnesota, Minnesota would just have one extra day. win. Alabama didn't win the SEC. Yeah, but we, Alabama's already proven that they can be put in and win the whole thing. That'd be a great. I, I mean, Nelson's right. It should be Minnesota. but Well, I, yeah, it should be, but right. Alabama was put in, what was that, last year? If Minnesota years, doesn't get ago? in, I will defend the Gophers and pen a letter to the NCAA and tell them to screw I would. I would want it to happen to the Gophers, not to be put in. We'll I think it'd be funny. We'll all row a boat together if that happens. No, I think it'd be hilarious to Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. All right, this is an interesting, I mean, this is like, this is next level stuff, man, trying to figure out what's going to happen tonight and the effect it'll have on Wisconsin, not just for the college football play, but the, I mean, the Rose Bowl could be like the runner-up prize here in the next two weeks. Would you, uh, and look, nothing against Wisconsin or New Mexico, but let's be fair, this isn't the biggest game on the slate, and uh, the timing is hilarious. It's, you know, forgetting about, now that I'm looking at, like, the news here, and they're calling for, like, on CBS, like, some big-ass no. blizzard tonight. And, so dumb. You know, you always see the AAA token story that tomorrow's the busiest travel day of the year. And yeah, if you live in Madison, you just know. Again, I live on the west side, west side of Madison. If I want to get downtown, I got two terrible options. I can take the Beltline, which between 4 and 6 o'clock, I'm going 30 miles an hour if I'm lucky. Or I can take University Avenue, which once I get through Middleton and I get to about, you know, the, the west side till downtown, I'm going... 10 miles an hour. Yep. So either way I'm doing, if I want to say go to a Badger game at like 4 o'clock today, I would be in gridlock for 40 minutes one way or the other. Yeah, you'd be and it just And I hate it. I hate the Beltline because people are stupid. They drive too fo- fast or they drive too slow. No one can just ever go the right. Like five over. If everybody went five over, there'd never be car accidents. The problem is you have some idiot going 80 on the belt line, yep. and then you have some idiot going 50 on the belt yep. line. And it's the bottleneckers, right. um, then, the people that are like, oh, what's the accident over there? So I, you I know, mean, I'd go. I would, I would go. 
if I was in the vicinity of the area, if I had to drive there, if I had to go from my house to downtown to find a parking spot, I probably would say, you know what, I'm going to stay at my house and watch it on TV because it's 10 times better than dealing with traffic, finding parking, and then not getting beer. And uh, the only thing that the Kohl Center would have going for it, or the Barclay Center too, would be they have hot dogs. I don't have any hot dogs (laughs) at my house. It's the one thing I got going for it. What do you think, Nell? Would you get? Would you muster up your crew and say, "Let's let's go, boys. We're going to start an early. We're going to start the Thanksgiving holiday early." Now it's a bad example because we all got to work tomorrow. But I know a lot of people, like you know, my kids are all this is the end of school. Uh, a lot of businesses close after today. So if if we were lucky enough to say there was no no work tomorrow, and like, would you start your party there, like four o'clock? We're going down. We're going to do some day drinking downtown Madison. We'll go hit the red zone. We'll rekindle our. Zone Blitz pregame bash days and go over to the Kohl Center at 3.30 on a Tuesday? Man, I think normally I would, but after last night, I got such a bad taste in my mouth after that loss. I don't know if I actually could, especially if it was back-to-back after a loss like that. I mean, you, you know, teams do lose games. You know that, right? Yeah, but not many lose to Richmond. Um, I mean, look, Isn't it Richmond was, undefeated? But here's the thing, Nelson, that by losing, see, if – would it be easier to get to the four o'clock game or the second game, like the six o'clock? I'd rather game? go to Milwaukee to watch the Bucks. I think. Well, yeah. If like if there was a Bucks game on tonight, no doubt. As opposed to, but they're really tomorrow, good. I don't know if Wisconsin. I would rather make the hour and a half, hour forty minute drive to Milwaukee and watch the Bucks. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll I'll go along with that trip because you were going to spend an hour forty or whatever just trying to. That's a good point. Battle <laughs> downtown. Uh, it's the, funny that Troy, Troy called in the pipeline from the north. He's in Brooklyn right now, and he said, "What? There's like probably like four or five thousand people there." Now Bill tweeted in and said the total attendance was uh, eight. That what was it? Eight thousand nine hundred no something. No way. There's no way. If you watched that game last night, there was like no one in there. It was, it was, it was sad. Really. What did what do people do in? Is there just too many options in New York? Yes. Yeah. And well, it's the thing. Like, if you, 608-321-1670, this like, interesting social experiment we're running here. We put that on a poll, right? Would you go uh, for free if we gave you two? If the game was in, not in Barclays, uh, if it was at the Kohl Center, but it was today. And I, you know, like, I look, everyone in my family, I'm being abandoned. It's my first time ever. Man, what'd you um, do to them? Nothing. I'm kind of happy about it. I don't know. I, I, I guess I won't really know until Thursday when I wake up. Like all my family's leaving, but they're all leaving today. So I'm like a lot of people are probably leaving. If you're going to visit family, probably leaving right what after work today, after school, because every school in the state is off after today. So if you're leaving, if you've got kids and you're going to Grammy's house or you're going away, when are you leaving? You're leaving tonight, right? Probably leaving right after school and work, right? Man, I miss the days when you get an extra time off. So what what would that mean again if you're going to a game today? Can you imagine just how ungodly, unruly the Beltline and the Interstate will be around four thirty to six thirty tonight? I don't want any I mean, part of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we we know what it's going to be. It's traffic in Madison combined with the biggest travel uh, day of the year. So yeah, but if way, I'm, that, in, I mean, I would if I'm in the area, I'd go to the game. The what did we set the line at today? Can we let's talk a little about the game itself then? Well, it's not that, a very. The, that's the other thing. You're, like you gotta, let's let's instead of traffic, let's talk about the game itself. Well, that's but I think that's part of the story. Okay, let's talk about because I don't think it's. I mean, it's it, you'd be the the two losing teams that aren't very good. Well, I should say I, mean, I don't know like, if Wisconsin's I think the, good yet. The Badgers need to truck this team here. To, I agree to, with that. To show them, yes, last night was just you know we're traveling to New York, uncommon opponent, weird time, no crowd, no energy. And we got to pull our bootstraps up and get back to it and just throttle the hell out of New Mexico. Who's the guy that'd be the, like Nate Reavers last night was your Reavers. closest thing to an X factor and Reavers down the stretch, everyone disappeared. Who, what are the Badgers? And I don't, still don't, and don't know. say a, a bad team because I know it's not, no, like, not what a are, bad team. Instead of just having a terrible take like that, just say, what are the Badgers? I think they're a team that maybe for once the media, as of this point, got it right. I think they're the seventh best team in the Big Ten right now, somewhere around that range. And then the question is, if they stay like this all year, does being sixth or seventh in the Big Ten get you in the NCAA tournament? And once they get into conference play, can they flip the switch and go, you know, 12 and six in the Big Ten? And if they do, then they're going to win 20 games. And obviously, if they win 20 games, they're going to be a, you know, five or six seed in the NCAA tournament. I never know why they start living or dying by the three because they're not a three point, like, you know, Getting Micah Potter back is going to be great, but that's not till December 21st. Pritzel, inconsistent. He can't see too many minutes. Then you have 
Davison, who just goes quiet. What happened to the team that was against Marquette? That's what I want to know. That team that was against Marquette, and you hold, you held Howard to o for shooting in the second half. What happened to that team? That like, team's they only show flashes. Up. The Badgers show flashes of being a really good cohesive unit, and then when it comes down to someone to step up and be that number one, be that guy, who is it? The That's team a- that played against Marquette only showed up for one game this year. One half? I mean, it was not a very good first half. The second half of the Marquette game was like insane. I'm not as I'm not gonna have as bad as take as Nelson is, but the Badgers kind of made me a little sick last night watching the performance from Bucky um, in New York. It was uh, made my appetite go away. I think that's why I didn't eat supper. I was sick over the performance. Um, like I dug in more. Well, would that give you more stress eating? (laughs) Stress eating. Yeah, stress eating. Right before the holiday season. So. Well, okay, so then if would you think, Nelson, then should we basically root for New Mexico today? Because if stress eating is a thing um, and they lose, I mean, look, it was bad enough losing to Richmond. If you lose to New Mexico, if you go 0 for 2 in this tournament with a loss to lowly New Mexico, lost by 25 last night. I will stress eat after You might get to 197 by tomorrow's show. If they lose to New Mexico, I might do some. If they lose to New Mexico, I will join Nelson in the no, guard. No, don't do this. If they lose to New Mexico, I will join Nelson with guard on notice. Man, I might have to sacrifice a Badger win tonight and root for a loss. If I can get another why would you actively Why would you side? actively root for them to lose? They're not going to lose. They, I, I hope they blow them out. But if they lose to New Mexico, I will. it'll be very disheartening. I will have to say guard on notice. Man, I'm holding you to that. Yeah, I'm. This is all recorded. <laughs> I don't. Are you sure? Last time you bid a bull proclamation, you had to have sex with a robot, which we're still waiting to figure I'm out. I'm still how waiting you, to get paid for uh, my four hundred ninety-four dollars. So I can afford the sex robot. I'm not saying that I'm mad at you. I'm just saying that when you make huge statements like that, I don't I'll know. bang the robot. I just it's expensive. Well, I'm talking about Mount Notice because we we spent a lot of time on this show banging on Mount Notice. Are you sure you want to because? It's sports. Anything can happen. I'll help him chisel guard up on there wow. if they lose. If they lose to New Mexico. You're New gonna... Mexico stinks. They do. Wisconsin. I, but do you know that Wisconsin's good enough to beat New Mexico? I mean, based on what you've seen this season? Well, okay, great guard, f- four sweet 16s. You get back to the NCAA. Four. I'm sorry, four years, two sweet 16s, back to the <laughs> NCAA like tournament. Four. Um, I Last night, Badgers favored by six. You go nine, almost ten minutes of taking the shot clock all the way down to zero and then rifling up some contested, terrible three-point shot. That happened about nine possessions in a row. At some point, the coach has got to step in and be like, yo, let's dial in a play here and not keep hucking up contested, terrible three-point shots. With guys that aren't even three point, why is the lean forward taking shots? Why isn't Ray Reavers banging down low? Why isn't Brad Davis trying to get open and take shots? There's so many. Where's Pritzel? There's so many things that last night got me so worked up in the second half. They went nine, ten minutes of just in that basketball. You can only blame the players for so long. After about the sixth possession of no plays being run and anything, I'm like, guard, you got to step in here. So if they lose in New Mexico. I'll help Nelson chisel. Wow, on notice. That's extremely. Am I wrong? Evil. Am I wrong? Am I mean, it's only that that'd be like saying you know you're gonna embrace hashtag Badgers to NIT like I did when they were ten and seven, and I said they'll be a miracle just to make the NIT, and then guard went bonkers, and they went like twenty and. Listen, two. I'm a guard guy. I'm a guard old guy, but last night. <sighs> I mean, I'm just saying, Mount Notice is an extreme reaction to uh, to two losses. Yeah, but last night's loss stunk. Like that was it was terrible. Stunk. They didn't. I mean, that ten that last ten minutes was unwatchable. The Badgers were leading forty-seven to forty-five. About ten minutes left in the game, yep. Wisconsin would miss nine of his final ten shots, turn the ball over four times, and the Badgers just couldn't do anything. There's not when you don't have the go-to guy because there's not a go-to. They're still learning without Ethan Happ. Reavers have put up seventeen. Reavers, like, Reavers look Reavers look good at times. But he's he's still a little timid. You're like, bang down low, bro. You're huge. You're taller than almost everyone else on the floor. Go bang down low. Stop jocking up contested three-pointers. When you don't have a guy, a number one guy, you have to be – the coach needs to step up and start making plays to get other people open and get something sparked and fired up. I didn't see it last night. That was very disheartening. 
I'm very disheartened. See, I over just it. don't get how the Badgers can't have at least one guy that can step up and score. We've talked about how guard has ramped up a lot of recruiting here lately. You got guys like Brad Davison's a four star, Kobe King's a four star, Nate Reaver's a four star. You got a lot of free. Tyler Wall's a four star. You got a lot of four stars. How is no one stepping Dude, up and scoring? Wall was wide open. I mean, this wasn't Gar's fault. Wall was wide open um, in that little stretch. They didn't even bother passing him the ball. Tyler Wall, green light all game, by the way. He should have been green lighted. And then what was it? Uh, Trevor Anderson never got in there. What was he doing? Um, Aleem Ford, Demetri Trice, Brad Davison combined to go four of 21 from the field and two for 13 on three pointers. It was that terrible. Cut it. The Badgers turned the ball over I... 15 times. It's terrible. Well, it's like look, here's the thing. 608-321-1670. It's like yesterday with the uh the discussion on Alabama versus, you know, the Big 10. I agree with Nelson that it, they don't belong in. I still think that's not going to be the case. It's the same thing here. I completely agree with you guys. The problem is Ebo's again. I and I I was the first one to fall in this sort. I'll admit it. I'll go back. Greg Gard's first year, Bo Ryan quits uh after the let's see here the Texas A&M Corpus Christi game on December 15 2015 Wisconsin is 7 and 5 I think we all agreed now that he did it midseason so he could give guard a chance to be an interim totally. coach what does guard go in and do starts the season that's the Big 10 play started the next week guard goes 1 and 4 to start Big 10 play Wisconsin is 9 and 9 uh, after a road loss to Northwestern, one and four in the Big Ten, we all say, "Well, this this guy isn't the answer. This team isn't going anywhere. Uh, they'll be lucky to make the NIT." I start a hashtag Badger to NIT campaign. What does Greg Gard do? The next game he plays, they beat the second ranked team in the country, Michigan State. Then they beat the ninth ranked team in the country, Indiana. Then they beat the second ranked team in the country, Maryland. Then they beat the eighth ranked team in the country, Iowa. They would go on to win 20 games, go 12 and 6 in the Big Ten, make the Sweet 16, and blow an eight point lead to Notre Dame with a minute left to make the Elite Eight. Yep. That's the last time we counted out Wisconsin. So Listen, I'm a Gardo guy. I don't I'm think not, you can say Mount Notice if they I'm lose a guard, today. I'm a guard guy. I said I'll help him chisel, start chiseling on Mount Notice, but. That's extreme. Last year, it's getting tougher and tougher to keep protecting him and, and keep defending him tooth and that. nail. It's getting tougher and tougher. I'm saying New Mexico, if you lose to New Mexico, who is awful. Not very good. you got to take a long, hard look in the mirror on where the program's heading. That's a fair point. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm a Gardo guy. I think he's done great, and I think he's gotten, like, this – Joker over here, Nelson and his stuff. But I just can't believe you're agreeing with you. Would I'm be not agreeing, agreeing with if, him if they lose to New Mexico because that would be so egregious. If they lose to New Mexico and you put them on Mount Notice and somebody brings it up tomorrow on the show, will you walk off the air? I would never walk, <laughs> dude. We, you <laughs> and I, you and I wanted really... to kill each other. One, remember when you and I were screaming at the top of each other's lungs? Oh, yeah. someone wasn't even in our fault. Someone else's fault, but we didn't know it at the well, time. Even our fault. We're screaming. I've never screamed. That's the most mad I've ever been in my that entire same. life. Same. I wanted to I wanted to throttle you. I would have taken my fist and put it through your face. Same. And I would have just felt so good about it. But what did we Jeez, do? That's extreme, Nelson. We went on air and we still put on a highly successful show. And I then after the show, we realized that it wasn't our fault. Yeah, it was stupid. Stupid. Uh, I never would get up. And, I would never, ever, ever. I'd feel like such a pansy. Whoa, and, Nelson. And a wussy, but starts with a P. If I got off, <laughs> if I got up and left the studio during the show. So here's the thing. He's done it twice. <laughs> He's done it twice. Here's my question. What's the difference between New Mexico and Richmond? Not much. Richmond's got three scores that average 18 points a game. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the country. They are, I think they're better than New Mexico. But not, I mean, to, to Nelson's point, they're both mid-majors. Yeah. It's, the same, it's football and basketball. The, they're power five. A power five conference should not lose to a mid-major. They're a mid-major team. Wisconsin should have won last night. I agree with you, Nelson. And I agree with Ebo, they should win tonight. You should not be losing to teams like Richmond or New Mexico. I'm just saying it's Mount Notice extreme if they lose you to need, New Mexico You need today. to look in the mirror if they lose in New Mexico. Uh, Rich, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hi, guys. Unlike Ebo, I am not a Gardal fan. Um, let's talk player development, and that's my main concern with him. Can you name a player since he's been at the helm that you would say has really improved? I'd say Reavers. Uh, a little bit. Uh, he might be the only one, but you do look like uh, we had Charlie Thomas and Ila Kaner who quit. 
look at Trice, Davison, and King. Have any of them really improved since their freshman year? Trice has regressed, I feel like, and King, in my opinion, has gotten better. I'd say Reavers and King would be your prime examples of guys that have gotten better. Okay, okay. Well, you're talking two out of maybe eight or ten, twelve. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Rich. Like it, I've, I've been, I've been defensive and you know been a Gardo guy, but it's getting a little harder as time goes on. Absolutely, yeah. He, it's player development mainly that I, I just don't have faith in, and it may he may need to shake up some of his assistants. Hey, Rich, have you ever been to Mount Rushmore? No, I haven't. My well, then. Face- is my face up there? No, but we're, <laughs> apparently we're gonna we're gonna construct something called Mount Notice, which would be not in South Dakota. So if you haven't been to Mount Rushmore, maybe you can go to Mount Notice someday. Okay. Yeah. So, Rich, what'd you think? Of, Rich, what'd you think of the game last night? Uh, pretty much what you guys were saying all morning. You know that uh, the turnovers, poor decisions when they uh, had the ball and tried to drive into four guys. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Or, and or shooting, which kind of plagues this team. That shooting coach should be fired. Yeah. Hey, thank you, hey, Rich. Thanks, Rich. Have a good Thanksgiving, hey, Nelson, do you have land picked out for Mount Notice? Do we have land? Do we have, do we have any spot? Do we have, do we have land secured for Mount yeah, Notice? I think uh, right now it might be located just outside the coal center. <laughs> Put it right well, back where those trains are. I, well, I, isn't, I thought, it, isn't it three Rashawn Gary's right now on Mount Notice? Yeah. It's about to be. Greg so Gard, where is Where is Mount Notice right now, though? Currently constructed in my backyard. Yeah. Oh. Well, we need we need some real estate. Uh, if dude, if they lose in New Mexico, Vaginacy's yeah. well, taking a long hard look in the mirror. I could and can't believe what I'm hearing. Ebo's going to put guard on Mount Notice. Nelson's mythical Mount Notice. They're not going to lose in New Mexico though, so it's not going right. to. Can't wait when our guy Tony Cartagena joins the program. Yo, it's Tony. our uh, Milwaukee insider. What's up, Tone? I'm just still trying to figure out how someone can score 50 and have no turnovers in an NBA game. Well, what, I'm, Michael, I'm Michael Jordan? Who shocked. did it? Who did it? Michael Jordan twice, Moses Malone, and, and Mello? And Mello, yep. Michael Jordan did it twice, and then Mo, Giannis has done things that Moses Malone has done like three separate times this week. It's kind of been incredible. But, yeah, it's, he's the fourth player to ever drop 50 and not have any turnovers. And that's not bad company to be in when you talk about Jordan, Mello, and Tony, how many how many players or t- have you covered that have dropped fifty? I was in the building when Kyrie did it against the Portland Trailblazers. He actually had fifty five, um, and that was a big game. And then he did it again against the Spurs on the road. And you just when you see players, I I don't know if LeBron ever got fifty while I was covering him. I know he got it well into the forties. Um, and I'm trying to think of if any opponents came in and had big scoring nights like that against those guys. Maybe Curry got into the upper 30s and 40s, but there's just there's a look in a guy's eye when when you're this good, as you know Giannis and some of those other guys that I just mentioned. Yeah. That when you're when you're this good and you know you can just take over a basketball game, and that's where I think for Giannis it kind of clicked last night too, where he just fully understood he was the best player on the floor, and there was nothing that the Utah Jazz could do to stop him. And when he just put his head down, his 40th through 48 points were all dunks. That's insane. Late in the game when the team needed him most. And he just took over. It was unbelievable. Tony, go back to the Pfizer form last night. You're there. It's early in the first first quarter. Giannis does one of his many dunks, and he hits the crowd with a mean mug early on. Like the mean face Giannis was out. In hindsight, could you have known right there that he's going to do 50 against the Jazz? No, honestly, because they weren't playing that well. I was there was a point last night, and I tweeted it out. The um, the Bucks had forty points with a minute and thirty nine seconds to go in the second quarter, and Giannis was at the free throw line. Two games ago against Portland, they had thirty nine in the first quarter. Like this team had gone almost twenty four minutes and barely cracked forty. There was a point where I thought that their streak of a hundred games or a hundred points in every game was going to come to an end because they just didn't have it. They looked lethargic. They looked out of sync. They looked just like a team that had played a lot of basketball over the past week. And they have. They've been playing every other day for for the past week or so. And so I thought there was a point where I was like, you know, unless something happens, this team is – one, they're going to lose this game. They were down nine and a half. And two, yeah. this, they're, they're not even going to score 100. And then Giannis had, I think, 18 in the third quarter and didn't miss and just took over. But also at that same point, where I thought the team was just going to lose and really not show up tonight, Giannis hit 
finally hit a free throw, and the crowd just erupted. <laughs> and he talked about that after the game, and I wrote about it, um, where he said, like, that actually gave me extra juice and motivation, where they they were so loud that he was just like, all right, let's just get this over with. Let's do this. I always kind of took that as sarcasm, like, from the crowd, you know, when the, like they finally hit a free throw. Let me ask you. I always, I always found it annoying. Like when you're in that spot, you know you want to hit free throws. So it's kind of like the sarcastic, like, "Yeah, you finally hit one." But he took it differently, and credit credit the crowd. Then, if that's what's going to help. So I want to ask you about. It. I want to ask you about Giannis's brother in a second. But before that, could you tell like a flip was switched in the third quarter because what the Bucks put up how many points? Forty two points in that half, and just took it to the the Jazz. Did something happen at halftime there? Yeah, there was a 16-point swing in the third quarter, and Giannis had 18 in the quarter. So I'll let you do the math there. Um, <laughs> where it's literally like the, the thing is with last night's game is Giannis obviously took over, but one of the things these guys have been saying as of late is how behavior breeds behavior, right? And when one player on this team gets hot, they all can kind of feed off of that. And that's true in b- basketball more so. You see it in baseball. If one player gets a hit, they kind of come in bunches or interceptions in the NFL, they come in bunches. But – Wesley Matthews hit four threes in the third quarter last night too, which was a huge boost for them, and I think that gave Giannis a little, a little confidence because then he came and he hit his first three in the night, and then he hit two more from there, which is pretty unheard of. So yeah, I just think it was you know once they got hot, uh, they just kept it rolling, and then Giannis took over. Hey uh, Tony, visiting with our Bucks uh, insider Tony Cartagena. So you talk about hot, no team hotter in the NBA right now. They've won eight in a row. You look at the upcoming schedule, Atlanta. Cleveland, Charlotte, New York, Detroit. I mean, I would say the Clippers maybe next Friday, but you get them uh, at Pfizer. I mean, where do you see a loss? And after that, you know, your Magic, Pelicans, Grizzlies. I mean, my God, if they've won eight in a row now, how far can they take this thing? Well, the Lakers also eight in a row, so i got to give them a little bit of credit uh, for being one of the hotter teams in the league, too. But the – well – one, I think Atlanta's sneaky, scary, because they just have scorers. And the Bucks have shown that they are prone to giving up big games to opponents and letting teams stick around. We saw it with Portland the other night, a little bit with Detroit, where it's just like they should have won this game by 20, and they let teams cut it to within six late in games. But, look, the NBA schedule for the Bucks shapes up really nicely it's because they took the hard part of their schedule earlier in the year, where they had, I think, based on record, they had one of the tougher schedules to start the season most of that on the road. Um, the Clippers are obviously going to be scary. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George, that's crazy. But the thing with the Bucks is like they're going to get everyone's best effort no matter who's on the floor. And it's kind of it's not unfortunate because you want to play with that target on your back, but there are for some teams you can take a night off, let's be honest. There are some NBA teams that are just bad. So you can kind of you know, and I've seen players do it. You kind of just chill a little bit, especially if you're on the road. Maybe you're out a little later than you would be on a normal night. Like, that's just part of the nature of the beast, right? The Bucks get everyone's best shot because if you can beat the Bucks, that gives you a little credibility league-wide. So, it's going to be – each game is going to be tough, honestly. I don't mean to sound too much like a coach there, but, like, you got Trey Young and Jabari Parker coming to town tomorrow. Like, those boys can score the rock. So, you're going to be in a spot where you still have to play your brand of basketball. But, look, if they lose before the Clippers game, I, I'm – I won't be shocked because it's hard to continue winning night after night after night. But on paper, I mean, they'll be favored in every game until that game for sure. And Tony, the Bucks are unbeaten without Chris Middleton. Well, explain that to me. <laughs> like this, this, Chris Middleton's not—he's not playing. He's hurt. How are they unbeaten? Who's been filling that void? Well, is it Patty C. Project Pat? <laughs> I, I think it, you kind of just spread it around a little bit. It's a lot of Wesley Matthews. It's a lot of guys coming in off the bench like George Hill, who was also out last night, um, who have been able to kind of fill that scoring void. And, look, they throw D.J. Wilson into the mix, who has played minimal this season. A big shot from Ursan last night, too, late in the fourth. Ursan had a couple big ones last night. He had a putback, too. Like, there were – I know you're a big Ursan guy. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't be too too big on that during the trade deadline, but that's just my personal thought. Hey, don't break my heart Uh right now. But, no, this team is really just playing a good brand of basketball top to bottom. And, honestly, they have depth where they can really depend on one through ten. So maybe they'll just have a larger margin of victory when Chris Middleton gets back or, you know, because he's going to play some good defense. But Sterling Brown on the defensive end has been one of the better, statistically one of the better perimeter players in the NBA. And now you're going to throw Middleton's ability to score back in there and, 
they're not better without him, obviously. I think this is a case of the schedule as well, too. But it's quite a luxury to lose an all-star and go undefeated. So have you ever seen, um, after a 50-point performance or a game like that, where someone asks Giannis for his shoes and Giannis <laughs> just gives them up? Like, what happened with his brother of, of taking his shoes? So it was pretty – It was honestly, it was pretty chill. They were in the locker room kind of just chatting it up, and then all of a sudden, right before Giannis spoke to the media, he walked over to his brother's locker, and you could see him sign it. And it was all something I you know, definitely wanted to ask him about. And Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel asked him, like, hey, what did you write on the shoe? And Giannis was super uncomfortable answering the question. I just think it was one of those, like, family moments that he wanted it to kind of stay in the family. But he answered, and then Thanasis actually posted a picture of him to Instagram, and um, he just wrote, big bro, 50 exclamation point, and, and signed him. And I think that's just, one, it's basically encapsulated, like, that's Giannis, right? Like, how many people are just going to go yeah. give their 50-point shoes to their big brother? Um, well, think of the story of how they used to share shoes when they were growing up, you know? There's so many things that, that go in with that, and I think that's a great point right there. I think that's part of the bigger bigger story here. Like When Giannis legitimately, like a decade ago, used to share shoes with his brothers and live in a like a one-bedroom apartment out in Greece, he now gets deliveries from Nike of shoes that have his name on them and his family's name on them that they don't fit in his locker because he gets that many delivered from Nike like on a consistent basis. It's one of the greatest sports He's, stories of all time, I think, with Giannis. It really Honestly, is. Like, real talk, like it, it, it is because like the what he's been able to do for his family and make generational money has been incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tony. Good stuff as always, my man. We'll do it again soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, homie. There he is, Tony Cartagena. Covers uh, the Bucks for us. And, uh, yeah, eight in a row. Atlanta's not bad, but you get them at home. And the Bucks hung 137. Like, I'm telling you, man, I don't see where there's – unless you have, a, a you know, like a load management night where you give Giannis and multiple players a night off. If they keep this team together, I don't see them losing for, like, weeks. They could get this win streak up They're to phenomenal. 15, 16 in a row. I mean, just crazy how good the Bucks are uh, right now. It's our guy, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, was it a very intimate setting last night at the Barclays Center? It looked like it on TV. It, it, it was very intimate, and it was also just watching terrible basketball. <laughs> we totally – no, Nelson said, I guarantee when Bernie comes on, the first thing he's going to say is how terrible it was. You know what? It was – listen, going to Brooklyn alone is terrible. But to go and watch that type of – I mean, I felt really bad for our guys. And then the follow-up, Bernie, is so we were trying to wonder if the game was at the Colson or would anyone show up and fight like Beltline traffic. Are you going to brave round two and go see the epic Wisconsin-New Mexico 4 o'clock tip time today for the consolation game? As bad as Wisconsin looked, I only get to see Wisconsin sports so seldomly that I am braving it, baby. You are? You're going? I'm going. There might not be a lot of people, but I'll be there. Bernie, you'll probably be the only person there. Are you hanging out with the Don, Barry Alvarez again? I'm, well, let's assume he won't be there. I don't know if he's coming to watch New Mexico play. The well, he, was, he was there with you yesterday, yeah? He was there. He sat with the regular people, which I couldn't believe. I think Barry's got the old jet gassed up, and he's on his way back to Madtown after uh, after that disaster, uh, Bernie. But, hey, that's why you are a true alumni. That's why you Bernie. run the Badger Foundation. We need Badger people like you on board here with this great university and institution. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we, we, the Badger alumni showed up. There were a lot of people there. Bernie, how many people do you think were there at the Barclays Center watching that game? Like 45? What was so were the were the lights turned off on the upper deck, or they just pulled the curtain so you couldn't see anyone up there? No, there. I don't think there was anyone in the upper deck at all. The stadium's <laughs> not a huge stadium. Well, it holds like what seventeen thousand, eighteen thousand, I think. I would say there's probably like half. So and why is Brooklyn? Hey, more, why is Brooklyn so bad? Why, why is Brooklyn yeah? You said going to Brooklyn far, itself is terrible. Because you, you're living on an island out there. Nobody. It's too far away. It takes a uh, it takes like two subways to get to. The Barclays Center is actually really nice, but I just don't want to go there. <laughs> well, you are a true warrior, Matt Bernstein. We appreciate that. And uh, with that said, let's uh, let's warrior up for this weekend. Um, you know, job got done. wasn't pretty at times, but the Badgers pull away in the second half against Boilermakers. Minnesota smashes uh, Northwesterns. I think we all thought they did. So the stage is set. 
you know, Badgers, Gophers for the Axe and uh, and the Big Ten West. We asked this yesterday. We were curious to get your take. If you were still playing in this rivalry, what's the bigger allure for you as a player? Is it winning the Big Ten West or is it winning back Paul Bunyan's Axe? Oh, my God, it's winning back Paul Bunyan's Axe. Come on, guys. We need that back. Yeah. Bernie. Well, they did an article. I think it was on was it, it was maybe UWBadgers or Madison.com. I saw that they showed a picture, Bernie. That Minnesota Vikings fans can appreciate this. Walking by an empty trophy case every day, they showed a picture in the in the football locker room where the players, when they walk out, where the case is and it's empty. And they said for the last three hundred and what sixty days now, they've walked by an empty trophy case and how it's just eating at the players. Yeah. Yeah, it's the worst thing to see every day. It's just like it's your failure in a trophy case. Hey, Bernie, what do you think of P.J. Fleck? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you what. Out of nowhere, that guy has Minnesota looking good, which is not something I've said in the past 10 years. So, I mean, we can make fun of him all you want, and I do, and I will continue. (laughs) But somehow, those guys have bought into all that ridiculous nonsense, but they're playing good football. So it's hard to be like, he's such a weirdo, but he is. So, Bernie, I have to ask you, man, so, you know, coming from – you know, New York, you probably didn't really know too much about the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry. Like, when you came in, did you immediately start hating the Gophers, or it's something you learned over time? Or how did it work from being an out-of-state product? I think you learn over time, but it's a very short period. Basically, from the second you get to campus, you hate 10 schools, and there are every other school around you. And Minnesota happens to be the closest one that you hate the most. And there's a lot of Minnesota people who go to Wisconsin who hate Minnesota. So it's, it's even more, it's like the best thing in the world to hate them. <laughs> oh, we have a question. We have a question from uh, Twitter here. It says, Bernie, what was worse to, what's worse to watch, the Badger men's basketball team last night or the New York Jets play? Hey, the Jet Bernie, how about this? The Jets won. have been the first team they since they expanded the playoffs to six teams that have scored 34 points in three consecutive weeks. They are the hottest team in the NFL, baby. The hottest team. Everyone in New York is saying the same thing. What a great – the Jets set you up. We're going to have, like, the 13th pick of the first round. We'll pick a DB. We'll do the same thing next year, and then we're going to do the same thing for the next 100 years. I'm only proud that I'm reading articles about Sam Darnold getting wasted and hooking up with a I was just going to ask you about that. I saw the New York Post wrote an article, a story. It said, here's the title, Sam Sam Darnold gets wasted and, quote, hooks up with girl after Jets' big win. (laughs) What what, What great press. Also, did you see their second headline, Bernie? LeBron farted, farts during interview? You know, I... <laughs> I mean, everybody no, farts. I, I don't even know why that's a headline. Their, their third one was, water is wet. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot of good... That's, a, you know, like, really good journals that you should be reading. <laughs> 22-year-old man doing 22-year-old things. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I read the post like it's my job because it's the funniest, dumbest titles like, I can't tell if I'm getting smarter or reading, like, real, this is fake news. And what do you hear? You got, you got the Papa John's guy said he's been eating a lot of his pizza and it's terrible. Like, I don't <laughs> It's just so funny, some of this stuff. Hey, how's your time back in Wisconsin, man? You, you were a, a hoot to listen to on the Wisconsin Football Roundtable last Thursday. Oh, man, I, I love, you know, Brady Ewing, you know, and Bill, those guys are great. Like, I, I just love being around them. I'm such fans of those guys, but I'm also friends with them, so it's so nice. I got to see your pretty mugs, yep. which is always great. So my favorite thing was uh, I was I was telling Nelson about your appearance on the on the roundtable last Thursday. So we went back and listened to your stories, which were phenomenal, hilarious. Like your the Alamo Bowl fight. Yeah, that was a pretty solid fight. It's incredible. <laughs> so Nelson incredible. and I Nelson and I got to talking a little bit, and then we wanted to look up your tape, like see if we could find anything about you on YouTube, like outside of the Penn State game. We found, okay. Nelly, can you tell Bernie what we found? Well, I, we think we found, when you were in high school, did you make a video, or in college, did you make a video to send out to the NFL and college teams to, of why you should be drafted or considered to be so a recruit? this coach. Because we found this video, school. and it's like movie Windows Movie Maker like transitions, you know, like the PowerPoint transitions, like yeah. the page turns or like the diamond sweep. It was all full of that, but you like demolishing little kids. Yeah, it was. Uh, Did you was make coach, that? No, it was a coach from my high school after I left. 
made that video of me in high school. But what's comical is he had ACDC on it, and for like five years they had to take it down because of uh, the, the, the right. Copyright, yeah. And then they put it back up when it was okay. So it's been down, <laughs> I don't know. We need to put that on the zone video. social media ASAP. No, Bernie, the best part about that was this huge grown man just throwing little kids to the ground, running them over, and at the very end, it's you posing with like four or five different chicks outside the high school field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you get lucky once in your life to have a picture with five Ber- girls, man. I had to take advantage. Bernie, how much bigger were you than every kid in high school? It looked like you were like like just a monster among little boys. Just, just like It's like you now trucking a bunch of peewee football players. <laughs> yeah, there, there, I was one of the bigger people uh, on the field. <laughs> you were just annihilating kids left and right. I, you know what? I had a very good. So my mom has the best quotes. They quote. They asked her, like, "Hey, are you nervous for your sons to be playing football?" And she goes, "No, I'm nervous for everyone else's son." <laughs> We're watching this tape unfold, and like Nelson and I are just dying laughing about the, like the transition sweeps. And you were just <laughs> trucking little kids out there. Hey, I have another question you from you. This comes from Lit Bucky. Uh, Jake says, question for Bernie. Uh, how was Mark Zawalski as a teammate? Was this dude as wild off the field as he was on the field? Zawalski? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Mark Zawalski is my best friend because he's as wild off the field as he is on the field. I've never had so much fun with a human being, pretty much. I mean, there's a ton of them that I played with. He is one of the most fun humans ever. If you're ever around both of us, you are guaranteed to have the best. Better than Sam Darnold getting wasted and hooking up with a chick. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Bernie, I think we told you this last week. We're doing something called the Naughty Pilgrim tomorrow night. We're serving Thanksgiving dinner at Silk Exotic. Uh, why don't you just send your boy Zalewski out with us tomorrow night, and uh, we'll, we'll see if he can live up to the hype. <laughs> I don't... First off, I don't even know what he would do in a type. First off, he'd eat all the food. I've never seen someone eat more. That's than fine. Any. I'm not going there to eat, Bernie. Let's be <laughs> honest. So he can have all the turkey he wants. <laughs> hey, Bernie, watch, watch the game tonight at, in the, the Barclays and take a red eye. Come to the Silk with us tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Bernie, would, put a, put an open put a call to arms to all former Badger teammates. Join Joe and Ebo for the Naughty Pilgrim at six. We'll we'll really see how the other half lives. I love that you call it a Naughty Pilgrim. You know who? If you get RJ on. One day we'll get together. That dude has so many stories that he has, like, in his brain built up that I can't even remember. Oh, he told and me one that I can't say on air. Yeah, they're all terrible. It's about it's about you, though, and you know, being in your birthday suit, so I can't really like, go any farther. <laughs> he kind of just did. <laughs> <laughs> if you even I, remember. I'm never in my birthday suit. <laughs> no, never. Not since birth. Hey, so what do you think of this rivalry? I mean, talk, take us some of your memories, good and bad. I don't know if there were any bad because you guys have kind of ruled. Wisconsin's dominated this series up to last year. What, what are some of your memories of the X? You know, we the memory the, the the Monday meeting, every coach would get up and give you like a brief history, even if it was like folklore. It was you know they had a guy like oh this guy in the '60s they told him he couldn't play anymore because his finger was broken and he cut it off and then played a game like all like the most ridiculous stories. The history, all that, it built it up. It was so exciting. You know, the, the, oh, my favorite was in the locker room, they put the video of us winning the axe on loop. You couldn't change the channel, and it was just watching the, the old dudes run around with the axe all day long. They're like it brainwashing never, you. It was brainwashing. It's it like was, Clockwork Orange where they keep your eyes open. You have to watch all those films. It, <laughs> I mean, that's what it basically was. Um, and I don't, it's just so exciting. No matter what's going on in the season, this game is always important. You know, if we were, if both teams were 0 and 10, this would be a huge game. So it's just always so exciting, you know, coming from New York and being a part of something so special. I'd love playing the game. I mean, it, there's nothing like beating Minnesota to take the ax back to run around at Camp Randall in 04. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen is the kicker run over in 03. And yeah, I was going to say, ax. how much of a fight, I mean, is there a pecking order? Is that agreed upon before the game, like the seniors get to go first or the captains, or is it first come, first serve? Like, is there etiquette to who grabs the axe and win after the game? I mean, there's supposed to be, but it's Darwinism at its finest. <laughs> you know, like, you, you watch Dan Benning in 04 sprint across the field, and guess what? He's not as fast as you know, Scott Starks, who beats him across the field. So 
it's really whoever it's first come first serve. It's like the Hunger Games. You just got to go up and grab the axe and make sure no one's around to take it from you for like two seconds. You remember any good pump up speeches from the coaches before a game, Bernie? Do I remember? Yeah, it was great. Like who's that? Who's that guy you were going to uh, impersonating on Thursday that said you were going in to be tailback for the game against Penn State? Oh, Co- Coach White. Yeah, could you, just, White? could you just do like his impersonation real quick for me? Okay, what's up, Burn? What are you doing? I was like, it, 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 he spoke so fast, and he was so, he was so high pitched voice, but he was so funny. Like, did, give me, I, give me one more. Hey, hey, Bernie, what are you doing out there? You know, I, my favorite was once. Greg Root and I won this stupid con- like he used to ask who would you want in a dark alley. So all of a sudden, Greg Root and I are the two people who I guess won this. I don't know. I don't know if you win it, but we got voted the most votes. It's like D bag of the week. Do you win or do you lose when you win it? I mean, I think I'm winning if I'm I'm Wait, voted so that- one of the most person you want in the in the alley. So we want you so- in, a, in an alley so to protect us, right? That's right. I keep Bernie. Hey, hey, Greg Root, Bernie. What are you guys doing out there? You guys fight people? You guys fight in the alleys? I'm like, what? Where's this coming? You know, like nobody remembers filling out the stupid sheet that you know the coaches want for you. And, you're, and uh, Greg Root's like, uh, Bernie, I voted for you. And I was like, well, Greg, guess what? I voted for you. Coach Wright's like, you guys better not be fighting out there. I'm like, coach, I think the team just likes us. We have a good time. Come on, come oh, on, Bernie. Bernie. Uh, out there, Bernie. Man, hey, I used to do a show with Brian White's Harvard graduate. Guys, he's he's like a rocket scientist, did he like Bernie. That? He did. He, he he played quarterback at Harvard. He's yeah. really the dude is ridiculous. Yeah. He's smart. He's a cool dude. Hey, uh, Matt Bernstein, before we let you go, uh, we're you know, and maybe we, we table this till next week, so it could be our homework, or you can give us the short answer and then expand on it next week. If they win this game Saturday and make the Big Ten championship game, do do we say successful season? Does that then erase? the Illinois debacle, and not the loss to Ohio State, but getting blown out. I mean, if they can win Saturday, a top-10 opponent on the road, and get to the Big Ten championship game, do you think it, it gets back some of the pain from this season? I mean, it definitely does. I mean, we get the axe back. We're beating I, what's Minnesota's got to be top-10. You know, we're going to go and play for the Big Ten championship. I always think you we could beat Ohio State, although they're very, very, very good this year, but all we need is one out of ten games. Um, but I do think it erases, you know, we, we're getting to the game. We're getting to the championship. So, you know, I, I really thought playoffs. I really hope playoffs. I want to see the playoffs. It's like the Jets. I want to see a Super Bowl. I might have to live to be 100. Dude, could you imagine if the Jets win the Super Bowl? What's the headlines oh, will say about man. Sam Darnold then? It, it, I'll be sitting right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you if you want to reach come out on, to your on, boy, Bernie, hey, Bernie, it's me, Brian White. I want to go to Naughty Pilgrim tomorrow night, Bernie. And he would go. He would love it. Hey, invite Nelson all just your, found his number, he said. Tell all your boys, 6 o'clock, turkey will be served at 6. Boobies served at 6.05. Yeah, no fighting the dark alleys, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, I'll come see it. I want to get his beard out sniff his robe, Bernie. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. See you, see you Bernie. Oh, boy. I'll see you later, Bunny. Go Badgers. I love you guys. See you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still can't get past this. You, Ebo, saying you'll join Nelson on Mount Notice if New Mexico wins today. Well, I'm, it's like tongue-in-cheek, though, but they're not going to lose. Wisconsin's going to win today at four, starting at 4 o'clock. I believe they're going to win, too. But it's it's if they lose tonight, I think we're going to be in for a long season, and it spells a lot of question marks surrounding the development of the program. See, I was pretty optimistic going into this season. Same. I said they would more than 23 games. 23 games. Same yeah, here. The guy number. that's the biggest hater, according to many, well, all you do I is took hate. the over because I figured that this team had enough talent without Ethan Happ playing isolation basketball down low in the post that they could shoot the ball, they could score the ball. Man, after seeing, what was that, the second game against Eastern Illinois? Instantly regretted taking 24 wins. Yeah, that was a tough game. There was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of optimism surrounding Nate Reavers, and Reavers can still do it. You just they they don't have an identity right now because I think Ethan Happ was here so long and he's such a good player and he's so good at getting crucial buckets down the stretch that they don't have that guy stepping up. And when you're not hitting from, you know, the three, which they weren't doing last night, apparently the Badgers like to live and die by that now. Nate Reavers needs to go down low and realize that he's a big boy and bang and get to the rack. Well, he's standing out he's standing out 
hitting these contested threes with a hand in his face. Well, and the thing is, Nate Reavers has been their best player by far this year. Yeah, but he hasn't been that good. Like he's he got flashes of it. He's got he's got to toughen him up a little bit. I think that loss last night hopefully toughens up a little bit. I'm taking the minus five. I uh, I'll take the minus. I'm taking the minus five too. I, I I like it. All right. So let me let me remind me. We did the prognosticating for the college football playoff. No, hang on. Let me ask you really quick, Joe. A loss to the Richmond. Loss to Richmond. Then couple that with a loss to New Mexico. What would you say? What would you say about it? I say it's be terrible. But again, I'll go back to you know those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. And I jumped off the bandwagon. When Greg Gard took over for Bull Ryan, and they were one and four in the Big Ten and nine and nine it was overall, awesome. and I Gardo said, guy. I said they'll be a, it'd be a miracle to make the NIT, not the NCAA tournament. It would be a miracle at that point to make the NIT. They reeled off five wins over top ten teams, got to a four seed, got to the Sweet Sixteen, should have got to the Elite Eight, and they were in a far worse spot that year than they would even be if they lose tonight. To New Mexico, so that's why I say I'm I'm just I'm protecting you from yourself, or I was trying to from Mount Notice. Yeah, that was a Nobody while ago, wants to though, be man. With Nelson. How many years ago was that? Four, four years ago. Four years ago. Who on that team then would be compared to them? Someone now, like who on the team now? Do you think could help rattle off those and big those, time wins? Those team, that team had a lot of talent left over from those two back to back Final Four runs. This team, you got a lot of stars. I just, as in recruiting stars, someone needs to step up and be the guy. Because right. there's not a guy. They went 10 minutes with just futile possessions after futile possessions of running the shot clock all the way down to zero just to hook up, if they were lucky, a contested, terrible shot. Someone's got to step up. That's all I'm saying. Well, if you look at their game so far this year, they lost to St. Mary's. Now, that was a close, contested game. Could have won the game. Where you think, oh, they probably could have won that game. Well, then they have a lackluster Eastern Illinois game, a lackluster McNeese State that they were basically tied with the whole first half. A good game against Marquette, where everyone played well. Green Bay. Who cares? You saw flashes. They did let Green Bay kind of crawl back into the game at one point. And then you the Richmond loss. And Richmond's not a – they're not a bad team, but Wisconsin should be better. Uh, 608-321-1671 away. And I asked you earlier to predict uh, predict the uh, college football playoff ranking for Wisconsin tonight. Remind me what you said, what number, what ranking you thought you had them at? Wisconsin? Yeah. Um, what did I say, 11? I believe you said 11. Yeah. So you'll be happy to know, not that this is the end all, but this guy's pretty good. I think he's the best in the business when it comes to college football or basketball and predicting. And we've had him on the show several times, Jerry Palm. So Jerry Palm just yeah, released. Harry Palms. Jerry Palm. Sorry, Jerry. Just released his, his projected what he thinks the top twenty-five will look like tonight. LSU one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia four, Alabama five, Utah six, Oklahoma seven. Here's where it gets interesting. Minnesota, Minnesota eight. eight. Yep. Penn State nine. Mm. Florida ten. Wisconsin 11. Okay. You pegged it, Ebs. That a boy, Harry Palms. Jerry Palm. Sorry. Michigan 12. So if Wisconsin wins on Saturday, they will beat the eighth-ranked team. You would think they will obviously leapfrog eight, and I would think they'd leapfrog Penn State because Penn State lost to the team Wisconsin just beat. So that would get Wisconsin to eight or nine. Assuming Ohio State beats Michigan, you are then playing the second-ranked team. In the Big Ten Championship as the ninth-ranked team. Nelson, what are the percentages at then? If Jerry Palm and Ebo are right, and Wisconsin comes in tonight ranked at 11th, if they beat Minnesota, they will leave. And they might even leapfrog Florida, so they could get up to 8th by the Big Ten Championship game. Well, if Ohio State oh, beats I Michigan. I think they'd definitely be 7th or 8th if they're in the Big Ten Championship game. Um, I couldn't put them ahead of Alabama, Utah, unless Alabama, you got to be a massive Auburn fan this weekend. Then you could get to seven. I don't think the committee would put him ahead of Utah or Oklahoma. But I could see Wisconsin being as high as maybe seven, probably eight. You feeling better about a baseball bet if it's the eighth-ranked Badgers playing second-ranked Ohio State next week? That's the that's the toughest game they'll have all season. I, I said this on the pregame. I firmly believe, believe they would have a puncher's chance to win it all if they could beat Ohio State and get in. Because in my mind, Ohio State's the best team in the country, so why couldn't they beat an LSU? I just, man, can you That's imagine? far-fetched, but, I mean, if you did beat Ohio State, why couldn't you beat LSU? Can you guys okay. just imagine if Wisconsin hadn't blown that game to Illinois? Oh, They'd yeah. be sitting 
right now seventh in the country. I bet win for Saturday. You go to you five. think seventh? I bet they be. I bet they be fourth. Rowdy, if Ohio State's the be. best team in the country, where do you put Wisconsin at? Right now, or Not, if they made it to the Big Ten championship? Don't like read me the AP top twenty-five. Right now, oh, I'd probably put them right around ten. Yeah, I think they're a little they're a little low in the last college football playoff from what happened this weekend. Right around ten. I think this game. That's why I love this game on Saturday because Minnesota, Minnesota deserves to be the eighth ranked team in the country. I think Penn State deserves to be nine. And I have no idea to answer your question, but where do you put Wisconsin? I know this: if you beat Minnesota, you belong in the top eight. If Minnesota wins, we were all this was all for nothing. But yeah, if you win. You get to the Big Ten Championship game, you clearly will leapfrog Minnesota, and I would think you'd leapfrog Penn State, and I would think at that point the committee's going to say, why would we have the fourth-place team in the SEC ranked ahead of Wisconsin? So you probably jump Florida. Now you're at 7-8. Now you can say, God bless America, why did they lose to Illinois? Because then it'd be, you beat Ohio State, you're definitely in. What the French toast. That is definitely a what the French toast. If they could have beaten Illinois by 20 points, they would be fourth. They might be. I would. They Your would, only losses to the number one or two ranked Ohio State. You, you have four it. or five shutouts this year. Man, you, you blew Michigan, it. Michigan, who's you in the top ten. It. You blew it. Georgia barely beat a Notre Dame team that got smoked by the Michigan team you beat. They the lost playoffs. to South Carolina. Why does Georgia playoffs? not get punished for losing me? at home to South crazy. Carolina? South Carolina's not playing in December. They'd be watching that stinky bowl game. Playoffs? Playoffs? You You blew it! Playoffs? (laughs) South Carolina has to beat Clemson, only the second, third best team in the country, to get five wins. They stink. Uh, It's brutal, man. It's brutal. But it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to talk about next week if Wisconsin wins on Saturday. (laughs)